this that you are well and we are talking about it so it's the royal we right father son and spirit and Catherine <laughs> God's will and the junk that happens and you know uh I get a lot particularly with uh new believers maybe ones that haven't been so mature or maybe if your theology is kind of messed up this question about God's will, and then if God is good uh, and God is powerful, then how come all this crap happens? How come all this evil happens? Um, how come he let me do this? You know, I asked him, well, keep me from doing this, and I'm still doing it, and all these different things. And um, it's a complex theological question, but, and I'm not going to be able to get my wrap everything around it because it is complicated, but I wanted to hit some high points because, you know, if God is good and God is truth and God is powerful, how is that showing up in the place where there is evil and, uh, and all of that? So let's, let's uh, dive into this. Um, Generally uh, things tend to fall in one of two ditches. And one is, uh, God is in control. He's sovereign. And sovereign means he's in control. And on the other ditch, it says that it's all on us, uh, that it's not on, you know, that that God doesn't control us, but it's all on us. And both of those are bondage. I'm really big in, <clears throat> in helping people find the non-ditch area <laughs> that brings life. Uh, let me address the first one. The first one says that God is in control. And that means that everything that God wants, everything that's his will happens. And you kind of hear is, well, it just slips through his fingers and whatever. Well, you know, if God let child rape slip through his fingers to work a greater plan, that is not a God that I want to follow. Um, that is not good. That's messed up good. That's trying to fit good God into some sort of theological premise of being in control. And a lot of times people cling on to this, number one, because they're taught it, but number two, there's a sense of comfort that there's meaning in my suffering because God is in it. And let me just, let me just help you. There is meaning in your suffering because God is in it, but he's not in it because it's his will, uh, depending on the type of suffering that we're talking about, because there is a suffering that is God's will. We'll talk about that. Um, but God is in it, in your suffering to, to work, to bring you out. Okay. Um, I better, I better address the God is in it, in your suffering to bring you out, but he didn't will it. A good God doesn't will, uh, evil things for his kids and good looks like good. The way a healthy three-year-old would define it, not some sort of messed up theological twist. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's go to Second Peter 3, 8 through 9. It says, the Lord isn't really slow about his 
promise. Doesn't it feel like it's slow sometimes? Like, oh my God, when are you going to, when is my healing going to come? When is my redemption going to come? Right. A lot of us feel that way because suffering feels so present and so eternal. And maybe in certain areas, all we've known, right? Uh, for to the Lord, uh, a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. <laughs> Didn't we just get nabbed? Okay. No, he is being patient for your sake. Oh my goodness. Whatever he does is for our sakes. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Okay. Repent. It's not, it's not, uh, repentance doesn't look like go to the altar again and make Lord your savior again. He's always been your savior, but you actually probably need to go, maybe not to the altar, but go to the place where you meet with him and change your way of thinking to think like he thinks. And that is an ongoing process that happens after you are quote unquote said the sinner's prayer and are saved. That's a different issue. Uh, we need to repent all the time. But the truth is we can fight repentance. Uh, there, we, we like to go about our own ways. We really do. Independence is a big deal for humanity, particularly big in the United States and maybe in Canada, but it's not a godly concept. And so uh, because we're supposed to be dependent, right? We're from the place of our union, our oneness in oneness with him. And so the truth is, this side of heaven, God doesn't always get what he wants. Uh, it's not like he's in control, is going to make you know he's going to woo you. Um, God cannot control you because he loves you and everyone else. Because if he controlled you, that means love would not be love. You'd be a robot. You can't love a robot and expect a robot to love you back. That's not love. I don't know what that is, but it's messed up. Okay. So God does not control. We have a free will to say no to him. And when we refuse him, like, no, I want to go this way. And I want to mow down a bunch of children at a, an elementary school. Okay. You better believe God is there. But when someone has turned their back on him and wants to do something evil, um, he, he will not um, uh, strike them down with a thunderbolt. Sometimes we wish you would. Sometimes, you know, you see people, it's like, well, I have a this horrible addiction. And so, well, this if this is not your will, just shut the door for me. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that God never moves in peripheral ways. If you can get someone else to help intervene, listen and obey to what what um he's leading them to help someone uh but putting it all on him and denying the fact that oh he give you he gave you dominion and so you really do need to exert your authority your dominion over you you are the one in primary authority over you he gave that to you he gave us dominion over the entire earth except one another okay so this is where we get to operate not in control but in self-control. We're not controlling others like our God. He doesn't control us, but operates in self-control. And because of that, there are consequences. Listen, if you if you go, number one, turning away from God so that you would become so bitter and deluded and evil in your way of being, not your nature, but in your way of being, that you would mow down a bunch of elementary kids, Okay, that is evil. Okay, 
Um, and there are consequences. So let, let's go to that. Galatians 6, uh, 7. It says, do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside, his uh, his teachings, okay, being set aside. Um, he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God, right? For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. So listen. To be able to turn your back on God in such a way turns you into something that is not human. And God wants us fully alive, fully whole, fully human, right? And so we have to become a an, a non an animal in a way to be able to do that type of horrendous things. We will reap from that. Number one, we're already reaping because we've turned away and allowed ourselves to become the subhuman in our way of being. So there's that. But there's also, um, uh, even if you mow down the kids and then kill yourself, which was what usually happens. And, you know, I think people do that because they can't, they, they can't ha- really handle the consequence of what they did because there's enough in them that says, this is so wrong. I have to go away because I can't handle that. Well, there will be a judgment, um, not a punishment uh, per se, as in you did this and I'm going to torture you as a punishment. The judgment in and of itself will be, I'm going to make you face what that is. And that will be a hellish experience because recognizing what you did as the subhuman version of an anti-version of who you are in order to do that will be help. But God will bring that to you, will be that fire of love to burn that off in order so that he can heal it. So we get away with nothing. Now, um, so that's a really dramatic one. What about, you know, um, I don't know, uh, watching porn. Yeah, you have to become less than who you are and treat your body as if it's an animal. You become a slave. It's no no free there. You're not in relationship with anything. Um, you're in relationship actually with something fallen uh, that ensnares you and you become less of a version than who you are. If you, listen, if you, if you spend uh, all your time eating donuts and sitting in front of the television, you will get really unhealthy and you cannot use your faith not to get unhealthy. Let me eat all the donuts I want and not get fat and not get sick and not get, get, um, you know, uh, have medical consequences. No, you can't use your, because God has empowered you. You said, well, I'm not going to do that. But what I will do is empower you to operate in some (laughs) self-control and I will heal you if you have a porn problem to recognize that you're honorable and pure of heart and you have self-control. So honorable, pure of heart, people who are acting as who they are, do not need to bow down to this thing and not bow down to some lust, uh, uh, but they can be who they are. So the consequences of our actions and our decisions is a lot of the junk we experience. You know, recently, this is, I'll, I'll tell them myself, um, so I was in a hurry um, and I was, I was, I was driving our really heavy carts and Armada. So this thing's a tank and I was going 
too fast and I was following too close. Uh, and the guy in front of me slammed on his brakes and I slammed on my brakes. And guess what? My car kept on going because there was a lot of momentum. So I slammed into the back of this guy. It wasn't super hard, but it was hard enough because, you know, uh, anyway. And so, and what was funny about it, I mean, it's funny now that the pain is sort of starting to stop. <laughs> we're, we're still in process, put it that way, um, is that I was praying at the process, you know, it, dur- during it, I was praying um, in my car and, uh, and I could say, well, God, you know, listen, I was praying. How could you let that happen? Right? <laughs> no, he let me make a decision to be foolish and uh, and dr- drive too fast and follow too close. And, you know, sure, I wasn't expecting someone to slam their brakes. You know, the guy, he practically ran in the guy in front of him that slammed his brakes. Well, there's consequences to this. And I can't whine about it. I mean, literally having to go to court because the guy was complaining of back pain. You know, uh, I'll probably get points and a fee. We're still trying to figure that out. Okay. What? This is a consequence of my decision. And I can't whine about it. Right. And And I can't blame God. Well, God, you know, if it was your will and I was praying at the time. Well, listen. Yeah. It was not God's will that anything bad happened. But if I make a foolish decision um, and something, you know, happens out of that foolish decision, there's a consequence. Now he'll help me through the consequence, but there's still a consequence. Okay. And that is one of the things he's treating us as powerful people that are responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for our actions, our attitudes, our decisions, our reactions, our well-being. We are responsible with his help for all those things. So that's what makes me powerful. So if I do something stupid, I'm going to reap stupid. And let me just say this, sin is always stupid. Okay. (laughs) When we choose to sin, that is turn away from God in some way or act out of some fallen and turning away from God. I, I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be huge, but in that way, I was kind of turning away from God. Do I know that I'm supposed to drive slower? Yes. Do I know that I'm not supposed to follow behind? Yes. Even though I wasn't, I usually drive a less heavy car. So normally that probably would have been okay. But I was responsible now in this heavier car not to do that. That makes me a powerful person. So I bear the consequences. And so it's not on me to whine and, you know, and complain. Um, And, Uh, And that is just part of being a mature son and daughter of God when we have consequences. Um, Generally, let's talk about this. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. uh, This is the Amplified uh, Classic. It says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans and wealth for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Those are his plans for you. Okay, but God does not have a step-by-step roadmap that if you deviate, you know, suddenly you're out of the will of God, okay? Because he knows we're messed up. Like, you know, know, a lot of times we're like, squirrel, and I'm off, right? Well, you know, (laughs) I'm not saying that's super healthy. I'm just saying it's kind of how we are. He knows we're going to be, I'm good, and then I'm not, right? So it's not this narrow, the narrow gate, 
is Jesus Christ choosing Christ. Okay. That's the only way the father. Okay. But it's not the plan for your life. So you don't have to get all constipated. Is this in the will of God? Did the blouse that I choose to wear this morning, was this the will of God? Well, okay. So was your blouse, (laughs) we have to talk about your blouse, um, uh, welfare and peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. Well, that's in line with God's plans, but we, you know, we are partnering. And so a lot of your desires and things like that are things that you work out with God. Is it a godly desire? Is it a constructive desire? Um, and a lot of those dreams that we have um, in our heart of hearts were planted by God. But a lot, we have so much crap and overlay that it gets um, filtered through uh, brokenness. Um, and then we get all sorts of desires where we're trying to protect ourselves, where we're trying to get for ourselves, where we're trying to get something that's really not good for us, but we insist that it's good for us. I think that's called, let me think. Oh yeah, an idol. We have all sorts of idols that we're trying to look as our source. When we're turning to anyone or anything as a source other than God, we're going to get jacked up. We're going to get messed up, but his will is not this strict thing. It's more like a playground. You know, I heard Jonathan Wilton say this once and I said, oh, that's brilliant. It's more like a playground. So it's like, here's this huge playground. It's huge. Okay. Um, And God is there with you. And you come to the playground of your life. And God, Papa Jesus and Holy Spirit are there. And you're like, I get to go play and let's go play. And he's waiting. He's going, oh, are you going to choose the merry-go-round? Are you going to choose the slide? Are you going to choose the swings? Are you going to choose that circular thing that I don't know what has a name on it? Or what are you, what, are you going to choose the balance beam or the jungle bars or, you know, the monkey bars or the jungle gym or all of that? What are you going to choose? And part of his fun in enjoying life with you is is entering in your now and seeing what you'll do does he ultimately know what you're going to choose yeah he does he knows every thought every choice which means he knows all the stupid ones by the way um um you know he does know that but he is engaging with you in it so his will is huge Okay, but getting off the playground into, wow, let's run out into the street. Uh, Let's, you know, um, play with matches or, um, you know, uh, uh, do drugs. That is not on the playground. That's not his will. It's not good for you. But you have choices and there's so many good choices. So you get to engage with God in that. And the more whole you are, the more you're able to mine what those desires and what he did create you for, because he did create you for a purpose. It's just not a linear thing. He's with you in it, helping you walk it out, even though he knows the end from the beginning. And that is why he can forgive every stupid thing, every sinful thing, every evil thing, every perverted thing that you have done, are doing, or will do. Okay. And so that's a good thing. So, but his, that's his plans, welfare, peace, uh, hope in your final outcome, no evil, zero evil, goose egg on evil. He doesn't use evil to work good. You know, for God, the ends do not justify the means. So he does not use evil means to bring a good outcome. He doesn't give you sickness to teach you something. That is a demonic doctrine. He doesn't, um, he doesn't, uh, uh, let you suffer 
a catastrophe to teach you something. He doesn't let people abuse you uh, to teach you something. Uh, that's total demonic crap. Okay. Um, even if well, whatever that is. Okay. But no, he's good. All right. Now stuff happens. Why does junk happen? Because we as a human race have chosen to turn our backs on God. And we choose that, you know, as, as a global human race, that's what the fall is. And then we choose that in small ways. And then there are ways that we're just blind that we've turned our backs on him. Right. And that, you know, this is not, and, and sometimes we're just kind of clueless and he's saying, honey, don't go that way. And you're like, um, and, and we're not listening. Right. Or there's times when honestly we can really hear him and we go, la, 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 I can't hear you because I want to do what the hell I want to do, you know, and, um, and we run into trouble, right? Let's go to first Peter five, six through 11, uh, the passion translation. It says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Okay, this bowing low is not, um, I'm a worm, uh, I'm a sinner. Now, we do sin, but our identity is not sinner, okay? That's not our identity, but we we do sin. It's a thing. Um, we do, I, I like to define it as violating love. That makes it simple for me. And are there times I violate love? Oh, gee, yeah, still. Um and I, I try to be as quick as I can to go to God. God, I did it again. It's like, it's okay, honey. Um, you are forgiven. Forgive yourself and do better and move on, right? Okay. Um, so bowing low means recognizing I am not God. And I don't really always know what's best for me, even though I may think I do. It's, 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 hum- it's humility. Uh, as you remain in me and me and you, you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. So every, so I'm recognizing there are parts of me that want to do stuff apart from God. All right. That I just don't know everything. Um, and he will eventually exalt you. That means he'll lift you up into, into prominence, into the place where you want to be. Right. But you've got to leave the timing to his hands. It's verse seven. Uh, this is the context of that. Okay. The next one. Pour out all your worries and stress on him and leave them there. Ooh, that's the kicker for a lot of people. For he always tenderly cares for you, right? So in all your stress, all your worries, all your trauma, all you, I can't do it, all your fears, all your, all of it, pour it out on him. This is why it's good to have time, journal with God, talk to God, journaling and prayer and all these things are so important. This is where we pour those things out. And then we don't pick them up and leave as if we're leaving his presence. No, we do have stuff to do. Okay. So we're like, there they are. And, um, and now I need to go about and grocery shop or do whatever, you know, go to my job for he always tenderly cares for you. Even when you are sinning there's a tenderness now he can be really firm let's but but sometimes we need firm right but you know it's like the dog that wants to run off and run into the street we got to hold that puppy firm or the dog's gonna die okay all right just rein it in it says be well balanced yeah i love that personally because i shared with you the whole ditch thing like this ditch or this ditch now let's go in the middle we're balancing right 
and always alert. Okay, so don't get into a stupor, like ding, 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 wake up. Because your enemy, the devil, however you want to define him, whether it's a mindset, whether it's an entity, entity, whether it's more than a mindset, but not its own entity, whatever, because if someone says they know, they don't know. I'm just saying, okay, roams about incessantly. There's a there's a, a a force, an entity, a mindset that is just incessant, and it roams about like a roaring lion looking to devour its prey. Um, let's see. So I wanted to. Um, uh, so the Greek word uh, antidikos. There is a. Um, let's see. That's probably. I should have looked this up beforehand. I'm sorry. I didn't. Um, uh, it's talking about, um, the enemy is what it's talking about anti, and I don't know what dikos means in the Greek, but it's a legal term for one who presses a lawsuit that must be defended. So your enemy is trying to legally accuse you. Yeah, you sinned. Look at that. And you know what your answer is? Uh, if you sinned, you say, yeah, I did, but I'm forgiven. And do what you need to do in the forgiveness process, clean up your mess, blah, 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 right? If you didn't sin, say, nope, that's a false guilt. That's not even sin. And guess who you go to to find that out? Oh, that's God, okay? Uh, So your enemy, the antidikos, is one who presses a lawsuit that must be defended. So the, the enemy is trying to accuse you all the time, okay? Accusation, 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 okay? Um. So, uh, roams about incessantly like a roaring lion seeking who may, it may devour. I wanted to read this. Uh, the implication is that, uh, in the context is that if you don't do not bring your worries and cares to God, the devil will use depression and discouragement to devour you. See, this is why we have need to go to God all the time, all the time with our worries, with our, our sins, with our, whatever we need to go to him because he will, the enemy, whatever you define that. And it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Um, we'll use depression and discouragement to devour you just as lions go after the feeble, the young and the stragglers. So the enemy of our souls will always seek out those who are isolated alone or depressed to devour them. So what's the remedy? Be alert. Okay. Um, don't isolate. Uh, uh, don't uh, go to God all the time with all these worries and these burdens and whatever. Um, and let the Lord heal your discouragement, your depression, so that you're not picked up. And then it says in verse nine, take a decisive stand, stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Okay. So the moment, I like the what it says in the Amplified Bible, it says, do this at its onset. The moment you get that thought, that oppression, that accusation, that condemnation rising up in your being, okay, this is how you are able to withstand an enemy that's trying to get you to do crap so that you reap crap, <laughs> all right? You reap what you sow. All right. He want they want you to he wants to at you to make a bad decision. These destructive parts of ourselves, he pulls on them for us to do things that violate love so that junk happens. And then we sit there and we blame God. 
Anybody? Okay. All right. Take a decisive stand. That means stand and having done all stand the moment it happens, the moment this comes up, that is when that thought process, that accusation, uh, the enemy, however you want to call it, is the weakest. Stand right. Check it out. This is why you need to know what's going on in your mind. This is why I recommend Battlefield of the Mind to a lot of people. Know what's going on in there because you can't take a decisive stand if you're just this clueless, oh, okay, it came upon me. Okay, right? And resist every attack. Resist every attack. The Even the little ones. These are the foxes that destroy the vine. Okay, every attack, resist it. And you get stronger and stronger with this. The more you practice, the stronger you get, right? With strong, vigorous faith. Use what you got. Ask Jesus to help you. You know what? He is strong, vigorous faith. Okay, you use his faith anyway. Okay. He's really confident that all of that mess, regardless of how you define it, has been defeated. Okay. So you know what? Um, help me resist and stand for, and that's, this will also help you. It says, for you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world and the unbelieving ones, by the way. <laughs> okay. Are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. Ding, da, ding, ding. You are not alone. Sometimes we feel like we're so alone and I'm the only one with this problem. And then we get shame because we think we're the only one with this problem, right? There's something wrong with us that I have this problem, right? Um, uh, and then after your brief suffering, okay, I have to read the notes on this because everybody's like, what? <laughs> the Aramaic can be translated slight suffering. It's and, and the commentary is that when we are in the midst of suffering, we are convinced it will never end. Any takers? Okay. <laughs> okay. Peter reminds us that in all our trials, that all of our trials are slight, brief, and temporary in the context, okay, of eternity, in the context of eternity. For our light and momentary troubles are working for us, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. As we look not on the things which are unseen, which are temporal, but the things which are not on the things which are seen, which are temporary, but the things that are unseen, which are eternal. So, and these are slight, brief, and temporary, but the glory we experience is eternal. And you are entering more and more and more of that. And sometimes you just need to take that by faith because I know where you're at when you're in pain. It feels like it's forever. Okay. But it will comfort you to know that you're not the only one. And then after your brief suffering, just keep in mind it's brief because it is temporary. In other words, it will not last forever. I am looking at you. It will not last forever. Okay. Um, the God of all grace, all loving grace. He is grace. He is love. Okay. That, that one who loved you and gave himself up for you, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally he's not sending an angel he's not sending a person he's not sending an entity he's sending himself hi i'm here okay it's personal to him because you're his son and you're his daughter will personally i lost my place this was so good i lost my place oh and powerfully so this is not a little anemic dab here restore you and make you stronger than ever. This is where you use these battles to make you stronger. I'm telling you, as you get through your battles, you are being strengthened. You really are. I am a really strong person, um, not limitlessly, especially not from, from God, but not apart from God, but because I, I've been through stuff. 
but, and I've chosen and I've fought and I have fought and I have fought and it strengthens you. And some of you may not realize how strong you are, except for the fact that you are still here. You are still, hasn't taken you out yet, right? You still may, may be a mess, but it hasn't taken you out mess. And let me just say this, you are a beloved mess, okay? If that's where you are, <laughs> okay, all right? Okay, so you are stronger than you know. Yes, I love it, he repeats this. He will set you firmly in place and build you up because he's always good. And he has all the power needed to do this. All the junk you're going through, all the hellhole you're going through. Number one, it is temporary. I mean, at some point, you know, it, it, we are we are working as much on this side of heaven to experience um, redemption, wholeness, whatever. But even on the other side of heaven, he's a savior, not death, but on the other side of heaven, uh, that will be completed. He will have uh, children who look just like him. Jesus will have siblings, brothers and sisters who look just like him in their flavor, which means they're whole, which may, means they're redeemed, they're restored. I practically gave you the finger. I'm sorry, that was not intentional. <laughs> um, he will give you, um, he will restore everything back to you and some, right? Because what what the enemy, what has been stolen from you will not be underdone by God. There's always interest. And payback, not vengeance, but is coming back to you because God is a just God and God loves you. And he is the power. He's just the God to do that for you. He is redeeming all things. All right. So with that, um, I am going to close. I hope this has been a blessing to you. And I just am believing. Let me pray for you before I close. Jesus, I just thank you. Papa Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are masterful at redeeming all things and you are love and you adore your daughter and your son. And you are in the process, even with all the crap they're going through and the stupid crap that they're doing. <laughs> um, you've forgiven them for their crap. And you are bringing them out of their crap, <laughs> that you are redeeming all things. And I thank you for the grace to, for, to hold on to hope, to be able to see you, sense you, feel you, hear you, sense your presence in the midst and pull on your strength and pull on your grace with whatever they are going through. And the, also the grace to be, to not delude themselves. That a lot of the mess we find ourselves in is our bad decisions, our times that we've turned away, either knowingly or unknowingly. And a lot of times we act like we don't know, but we know. And so Father, I just thank you for pulling out the best in your kids and for uh, conforming them in your image so that even as they're going through their trials and their problems and all of those things, which were not your idea, 
All right. You've got nothing but good, but you are upgrading them. You are using it. Um, if, 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 if someone gets socked with cancer, well, you know what? That was not your will, but you will use it. Uh, if you can get them to cooperate with you, um, to, uh, to, for their, for their, for their good, even as you ultimately heal it and as they are able to grow in the knowledge of you in the midst of it. And this is how your sons and daughters become the champions are unveiled as the champions that you created them to be from glory to glory to glory. And I thank you for the love and the comfort in the midst of their suffering, even as you're bringing them through in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day, night, wherever you're at. And share this with someone who needs it. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.